0: Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts.
1: We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier youth.
0: Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. What we're going to be talking about in today's podcast is the top 10 tips we have for surviving the holidays. Now, obviously we don't want you to just survive, we want you to be able to thrive, but if this is your first holiday where you're going to go about trying to make a difference, it might feel more like just surviving. But what we're going to do is help you work towards being in a healthier place so that you can just enjoy the holidays and they can be something that you look forward to and not something that you're dreading. So the first tip we want to give you guys is managing your expectations. And what we mean by that is if you're expecting to go into the holidays and for everything to go flawlessly, for your turkey to be perfect, for all of your family and relatives and children to behave in a perfect manner, you're setting yourself up for failure because none of that stuff is going to go exactly how you plan. If you want to be able to enjoy your holidays more, having lower expectations can actually help you get there. Now, that may sound very funny thinking about having lower expectations, but one of the things I always like to tell my clients is, The equation to happiness. Now, the equation to happiness is happiness equals performance over expectation. So if you write that down on a piece of paper, right, happiness on one side of the equal sign, then on the other side of the equal sign, we have that performance divided by expectation. Whatever your expectation is, is going to reduce your level of happiness. So if you're expecting to perform at a 10, and you perform at a 10, your performance is now going to be divided by your expectation. So 10 divided by 10 is 1. So our level of happiness that we get from a 10 out of 10 performance is a 1. Now, if we're expecting to perform at a 1, but we perform at a 5, 5 divided by 1 is 5. So our level of happiness is 5. Even though our performance was half as much as the level 10 one, because our expectation was much lower, the amount of happiness that we get from that experience is much higher. Don't mistake low expectations for low goals. You can have high goals. But if you don't have high expectations that those goals are going to happen just the way you think they're going to happen, then it allows you to enjoy that experience all the more. So making sure that when you're going into these holidays, you're really thinking about what are realistic expectations? What are things that are likely to happen or less likely to happen? How are my social engagements likely to go? If you're going into the holidays and expecting people to suddenly wildly change how they engage with you. Compared to how they've historically engaged with you, you're setting yourself up for failure versus saying, okay, I know my mother tends to act this way, and because I know she tends to act that way when I'm coming over for Thanksgiving or Christmas, I'm going to expect that she's likely to do those things, so that you're not surprised when they happen if you're expecting that just because of the holidays, suddenly people are going to dramatically shift their behaviors.
1: So watching your expectations also allows you to be more flexible. So if I were to tell whoever's hosting Thanksgiving, hey, I'm going to bring these homemade pies. And the day comes and I have them all prepared and I'm getting ready to put in the oven and then I burn them. So I have no time to remake these pies. So at that point, I can be really frustrated with myself or having lower expectations allows me to have a little grace for myself and realize, you know what? Things happen. And so I run to the store, I get a couple pies and I bring them over.
0: And I think that's a great example of having high goals, but then low expectations. I'm not going to show up to the party four hours late just to make sure that I can make a home-baked pie, because the goal is not to have a home-baked pie. The goal is to go to the event and have this fun time that you can with your friends or your family. So high goals, home-baked pie, didn't happen. So I have low expectations of making sure that that happens, But that the bigger, more important goal is spending time with people that you care about and enjoying yourself.
1: Tip number two is keeping your regular routine and healthy habits. I know when the holiday comes, it's easy to want to stay up super late and eat all the foods and maybe drink a little more or maybe a lot more for some people. But you have to be mindful of the healthy habits that you've set in place all year round, that you want to continue that and finish the year strong. And so this includes, like I said, sleep, food, exercise, journaling, and any other healthy habit that you are practicing.
0: Actually, for me, this is the time of year where I actually like to start my New Year's resolutions. I kind of like to do them before actual New Year's because this is the point in time where It's very easy to give up on those healthy habits. So if your healthy habit is, I want to go to bed at a more reasonable time every night, or I want to start eating healthier, or I want to exercise, or I want to work on my mental health, this is a perfect time to start working on it now. And a part of the reason why I like that is because you start on it now, you get some gains, and then you get a little bit of an extra boost when New Year's comes around, when everybody else is starting to get on the bandwagon of trying to improve and change their life.
1: So we're not saying being super strict or rigid for this. You know, allow the kids or yourself to sleep in every once in a while. But overall, just make sure that you are keeping a general sense of a routine and healthy habits. So tip number three is acknowledge your feelings. Really just recognizing what do the holiday seasons bring up for you. Overall, what's advertised is this joyous, happy season. And that's what we would all want. But in reality... A lot of people are facing really, really hard things. A couple of weeks ago, we did some episodes on grief. So this is a time that brings up a lot of those heightened feelings of loss and sadness. But also recognizing what is your relationship with your family or friends? Are you excited to see them? Are you nervous? Is it a time that causes a lot more stress and frustration? Is it a time where you feel extra lonely and you feel isolated? So whatever the season is for you, Be honest and really acknowledge what you're experiencing.
0: I think to add on to that, you don't want to guilt or shame yourself for feeling the way you feel about the holidays. If you're struggling around them, acknowledging that and being real with yourself and with other people, this is where I'm at and this is what I'm feeling is an important part for you to be able to work on shifting or changing that dynamic or that feeling about the holiday season. Number four that we want to talk about is a gratitude routine. Now, If you're struggling during this season, having a gratitude routine is something you can do that can really help to shift your mindset. A gratitude routine is something as simple as just taking time during the day and just writing down three different things that you're grateful for, and just doing that on a daily basis. And the more you work on thinking about the things that you're grateful for, the more you're going to realize things are going in a good direction in your life, even if there's a couple areas that might not be going as you would like them to be. Another thing you also could do along with this gratitude routine would be just talking to and sharing with people that you're grateful for and why you're grateful for them and what they've done in your life that has been beneficial and helpful to you. And that's something that can also help reassure or show up relationships that you have. The more positive relationships you have, the easier it is to be in a better mental health space.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. This is a perfect time to really share our genuine appreciation for others. I don't think people share that enough where they tell someone else how thankful they are for them or what they're thankful for. They experience it and they think, oh man, I really like Susie. But to be able to just text them or call them up and say, hey, you know what, I was just thinking about you and I just want to say, I really am so thankful for our friendship or I'm thankful for the encouragement you provide. Something as simple as that could be so affirming to them and helpful for you as well. And how we do this during the season with our kids is we have a gratitude tree. So we have a little tree or branches with no leaves on them. And then I have, just out of construction paper, I just cut out little leaves, and we write on them, and we have them write the things that they're thankful for. So I've had this saved for many years. It's interesting and fun just to see the things that they were thankful for, you know, when they were three, and the things they're thankful for now at nine. Tip number five is just say no or ask for help. And this one, I just have to laugh at because I am definitely guilty of this one. During the holiday season, there are just so many fun things to do, especially when you have kids. Like, There's all these things that I want them to experience and see. And I was just looking up last night in our area, the website that has all the activities. And in my mind, I'm like, ooh, we could do that and this. And I think, oh my gosh, these are such fun things. But then I have to reel myself back in and recognize that Doing too much, no matter how fun it is, is exhausting. And it can become burdensome and tiresome. And really in this season, although there's so much external activities that we could be doing, it's also a nice time to just slow down. So I really have to personally practice this art of being able to say no to things. And in the midst of that, also recognizing the difference in Tim and I, that Tim is very much a homebody and he enjoys being home. And I love to, like I was just saying, go out and experience and have my kids experience and have him experience things. I just have to recognize what is the best for our family as a whole.
0: Yeah, I think this is not a tip for me. The tip for me is the opposite. (laughs) I need to say yes to more things. And that's what is so nice about our relationship. We have a nice balance where she plans out and gets excited about all these different things. And then my tendency to say no helps to even it out so that we are not overly bogged down in too much activities.
1: And this is a great time to talk also about asking for help. So as we enter the holiday season, there's a lot to do, right? So there's a lot of cooking and shopping and wrapping of presents and all of that. So just recognize what can I take off my plate or what can I ask my spouse or even my kids to help with? You know, can I help clean the house? Can they help wrap presents? My kids love to wrap presents. They love to go themselves and pick out gifts. And then they love to wrap the presents themselves. And so that helps me because I know the presents don't have to be wrapped perfectly. And it's something that they enjoy and love doing. So just looking for places that maybe you need help in. Go ahead and don't be afraid to ask for help.
0: Number six is to be good to yourself. Now, what we mean by that is making sure that you are taking account of where you're at, what you need, and making sure that you get your needs fulfilled. So, for example... I'm pretty introverted, and so what that means, I need some downtime, and too much socialization, even if I'm having a good time, eventually starts to wear thin on me, and I can get irritated. And so there's times where I just need to withdraw from the social setting, and I need to just take some time to recharge, or even planning family events or trips, and talking about what's a timeline that would allow me to enjoy it, but then not be annoyed or frustrated because I'm out of my element for too long. And just recognizing who you are and then planning around who you are and not trying to or pretending to be somebody that you're not.
1: Right. And so this is very individualized, right? So Tim knows what he needs, but you may need something else. So just making sure that you know yourself and you know what you need in this season to not feel overwhelmed and stressed out. And this really ties in with number two, keeping your regular routine and healthy habits.
0: Number seven is starting new traditions. And you may have traditions from your family, your spouse may have traditions from their family, and it's not about whose traditions are right or wrong, but it's about you as a new family choosing the traditions that you now want, or looking at traditions that you have had and seeing if they're helpful or beneficial or not. One of the traditions that my family had that I think a lot of families end up doing is that they open up one present on Christmas Eve, and then they open up the rest of the presents on Christmas Day. But for Ruth and I, we kind of changed the tradition a little bit where we shifted more from doing it that way to almost more like a kind of Hanukkah-type tradition where we open gifts all throughout the week. Now, the reason why I ended up really liking that is I would see on the kids' birthdays or on Christmas, they would get all their presents, they'd open them all at once, and they would inevitably gravitate towards one gift that was really the prized gift. And then all the other ones would kind of get pushed aside. But what I like about having them open gifts over the course of a week or maybe even two weeks is that they get to see each gift and appreciate each one in its time and then move on to the next gift and then be able to give that some time and appreciate that gift for the time that they now have that.
1: I think this took a little bit of adjustment because the kids see all the gifts and they just want to tear through it all, like he was saying. But... Now our kids love it. We actually gave them the option and talked about, do you want to open all the gifts up today or do you want to do like we've been doing over the last couple of years and open up over time? And they actually all really like opening up over time. And part of it too is that anticipation. And one of the things I really like about it is our family gets a lot of games. Like we love board games as a family. We love to play board games. So what's happened in the past is that we'll get all the Christmas gifts opened and then we'll have a stack of board games maybe some other toys, but the board games, if we don't learn to play it right away, they'll kind of sit on the shelf for a while because then we go back into our regular school routine and work and all of that. But the way Tim's talking about, what we do is we open the gifts up and then whatever it is, we either play with it or we learn the game together as a family before moving on to the next one. So at that point, anytime in the future, they can look at the stack of games and know what they are, not just pick the one that they've learned and only know that one. And the rest just sit on the shelf.
0: Now, a tradition that we did keep is when I was growing up as a kid, in my family, we always had to take turns opening presents. It was a very structured and orderly process. There was no, everybody runs down to the Christmas tree and just rips open their presents right away. It was, you're handed a gift, you wait for your turn, you open it, and then you're handed another gift, and then you have to wait your turn again And the nice part about that is that you get to see everybody's reactions. I think my parents as kids, they were always taking photos of every time we were opening up a present. And I know Ruth also likes to write down who the gift was from and what it was so that she can thank them personally for that or send them cards thanking them for that. So part of you having your own family is creating traditions in a way that suits you guys, but then also keeping traditions that you appreciate and that work for you.
1: Right. So it's making sure that you're not just doing things because, quote unquote, it's the right thing to do. It's what people expect you to do, which ties in with everything we've been talking about as far as being good to yourself, figuring out what you need and now starting new traditions within your own family. Tip number eight is to reach out. Like we were talking about earlier, this can be a really hard and lonely season for some people. For others, it can be very anxiety producing. Some people don't have family near. Some people don't have family at all. For those of you who aren't in a relationship but really desire it, it could be a hard time. So there's a lot of situations out there. You can be estranged from your family and this could be a really difficult time as well. So recognizing how can you enlist a support system that you have available to you, whether it's through church, through friends, maybe extended family, or maybe you need to seek professional help in this season. So whatever it is that you need, making sure that you are reaching out and you're not isolating yourself in this season.
0: Now, this is definitely a hot button issue for many people, which is difficult relationships. If you're one of those people who is very blessed where your family and friend relationships are all pretty healthy and you can just go enjoy and spend time with them, and there's not a whole lot of emotional grading that happens there, then that's great and that's wonderful. But for a lot of people, Their family relationships can be very difficult for them. When you're coming into the holidays, a part of it is trying to talk to people ahead of time and talk about what your goals are for the holidays. So if your goals are to go in and have political debates or religious philosophical debates, that's totally fine. But if you're going into the holidays and you just want to spend time with your family and you don't want to get into any of these more difficult topics, I would talk to people ahead of time and say, Hey, listen, I know we've had a tendency to talk about these in the past, But honestly, these are off-putting to me in these family gatherings. Can we set up a place in the house where people can talk about that? Or can we set up a place in the house where people won't talk about that? Just so that I can come and I can enjoy the family, but then not be arguing with people about politics or religion. I just want to go and I just want to see my family members and enjoy their company, not talk about these things that we disagree on. The other part of it, too, is that some people may be reasonable and that you may be able to talk to them about that or ask them to set that up, and then you might get a response something like, well, you can't tell me what to say in my own home kind of a thing, or you can't tell me what not to talk about. With those kind of people, a part of it may even be just during these holiday seasons, if they're going to force these conversations on you that you're not interested in, just trying to minimize or reduce the amount of contact that you have with them. Because a part of it, too, is for the most part, if you're going to be talking about some of these more deep or difficult topics, the probability that you're really going to shift or change their mind or that they're going to really shift or change your mind is very low. And if it's just going to bring about a lot of stress and discomfort, then just minimizing the contact with that person. Not saying don't go to the event, but you can reduce how much time you're around that person and find other places to go or to spend time with. Because a part of it is if you ask politely, can we try to avoid these topics and then They refuse and they absolutely want to talk about those topics all the time. You don't want to try to control that person because it's going to cause you to be annoyed or frustrated. And on top of that, people don't like being controlled, so they're going to be resistant to that. Now, if you can have these difficult conversations with your family in a respectful way and you want to have them, by all means, I'm not saying don't talk about these things. But if it's going to cause people to get upset, angry, or irritated at you or you at them, It's better to not engage so much in these conversations. Now, if you think you can have these conversations and you start and they start going sideways, it's much better to end the conversation early. Because as soon as it starts getting sideways and people start getting upset, the probability of reclaiming that conversation and pushing it back into a good direction is very low.
1: So it's important when you have these difficult relationships or things that are unresolved to set really good boundaries with yourself and with others so that you can enjoy the holiday season in a healthy
0: way. And then that leads us actually to number 10, which is focus on what you can control. There are so many things in our lives that we just have zero control over. And one of those things is people. And you're going to be engaging with a lot of people during the holiday seasons, being able to make sure that when you go into these exchanges with people, knowing I can't control what they think, what they say, or what they do. I tell this to my clients all the time. You wield influence over people, but not control. You can guide people or gently move someone a little bit one direction or another based on how you interact with them. But you can never guarantee an outcome with people.
1: And this really connects to number one, which is expectations knowing that you're not setting up expectations for things that aren't in your control but you're really allowing yourself to be flexible and figure out how you're going to respond when things maybe don't turn out the way that you want and the things that you can control your attitude your outlook on things and your response and your behaviors.
0: so really make sure that during this holiday season you set the goal not just to survive but to try and thrive and we thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you in the next one Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast and let us know.
1: Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988
0: if you are contemplating suicide.